0: Well, I chose 1 Corinthians 15, or 13 um, because it describes the kind of love, agape, that is needed in both families, both the biological and the church family. It is apropos that I give this talk on Father's Day because of a beautiful way that I remember my dad. I'll start with how the kingdom formation occurred in my life through my biological family. It was not done by copious words about the kingdom, but through observing the daily activities, the actions, and attitudes of my family. I will give you several snapshots of my home life that will help to illustrate this. I was the fourth and youngest child in a Christian home. When I was five years old, my mother was confronted by the doctor with the ultimatum, the surgeon's knife or the undertaker, Mixing that news with the stress of motherhood, she had a nervous breakdown. As a result, my father became my primary caregiver. As I observed my quiet, gentle, earthly, paper-hanger father, I learned a lot about my loving Heavenly Father by watching his example. He loved his family despite our imperfections. He provided for all our physical needs. He cared about all our activities and our friends. He displayed godly character, always had a smile, and never said a negative word. He was concerned about our spiritual needs. As a youth, I remember his faithful church participation. He always listened to a Christian radio station as he cooked my breakfast. And, of course, I was listening, too. He willingly took me to youth rallies If you remember, Percy Crawford had them. And he took me every Saturday night to the Christian Youth Cinema. And that was a place where I made my commitment to Jesus Christ as my Savior on March 15, 1958, after reviewing the uh, film Wiretapper. From my mother, I did learn how to pray and with sincere faith. I learned how to be generous to others. As a result of her occasional hollering fits, I learned to keep silent or to use a soft answer in return. When my brothers rocked the boat, I learned how to keep silent. I learned how to obey, that it was better to obey than to deal with the consequences. From my sister, I learned to witness. Following her example, I took my Bible to high school every day. It provided opportunities to share my faith. And as a bonus, it helped me stay out of the wrong crowd of the friends. Then the kingdom formation that occurred as a result of my church family experiences. I grew up attending the and Mennonite Brethren in Christ Church in Philadelphia, but have been involved in many other denominations since then. From my Sunday school teachers and pastors... I learned the concept of true fellowship. Given the opportunity, I experienced hands-on leadership skills. I grew in the knowledge of the Bible through excellent teaching and preaching, memorization challenges, and the encouragement to learn more through self-study. The church provided opportunities to learn about and develop my spiritual gifts. I was invited to be a planner in my youth group activities. I was encouraged to sing duets with my sister. I was challenged to become a pioneer girl leader. I was permitted to teach Sunday school classes of all ages. In conclusion, from my adult perspective, God used the good and the bad experiences in my life from family, church, and friends to help me to grow spiritually, to prune the things that were unproductive, To improve the quality of my witness, to expose the wrong as well as the right, to sharpen my sensitivity to God's will, and to mature my faith journey in God's kingdom. Praise be to God.
1: May fourth, two 2003. Jason Sysdek and Heather Ulrich joined together and lit at Springs Park, a beautiful spring day. It's a little couple clouds, good temperature. And our families gathered around. There was a heart playing. She was wearing a lovely dress. I was wearing a pinstripe suit, looked pretty good. She came down, we had a pastor of our our church, West Philadelphia Mennonite Fellowship, Fred Kaufman. And he led us in a service which joined Heather and I and our two families together. Her family on one side, my family on the other. Walked down the aisle, the whole processional of a marriage. And we promised then that we would be together, love each other, To have and to hold sickness and health for better or worse till death do us part. I'm still alive right now, by the way. Can I borrow that book? (laughs) We just read several scriptures from this. Amazing compilation of stories and advice and knowledge passed down through the generations. Divorce was allowed in Moses' day because your hearts were hard. And in Psalm 27, it talks about wait for God, protect me from. The world that seeks to destroy me and wait for God. June 3rd, 2012, we said the word divorce. And on the very next morning, June 4th, married on May 4th, interesting, the cat that we had the entire time we were married, was dead, lying in the backyard. And this plant that had never flowered since we bought it, it was one of those day lilies, the white flower that you get at Lowe's, it was leaning out of the window and it had flowered. And this, this flower was pointing right at the cat, sun shining down right on this area. And you could almost hear the gong <laughs> as you looked was over is it over? I don't know I'm not dead yet but wait for God the the next Sunday I had gone back to church and the entire time that we had been married this book was actually sitting on a shelf we never once opened it to see its wisdom, to ask God to really, truly be a part of our lives. And so we made decisions without God. We didn't wait for him. We made decisions by the pain we were feeling in our flesh. We were angry. We were argumentative. We were very disrespectful to one another. And I've found that it it does have two meanings. One, wait for God to, to do what he needs to do. Don't try to do it on your own. And just wait for him to open you up. And so that's, to me, what I've learned family is about. It's about us reconciling our flesh with the Lord... We are here in this body, and yet it consistently causes us to question the decisions that we make. And if we wait for the Lord to guide us, we can use this body for so much goodness. And when we were relying on our bodies and our reactions without God present our own biological families, our friends, our... Um, anyone who was close to us told us to put... told me to put my needs first. Do what's best for you. We hear these things all the time in our culture, and radio, TV, people talking on the street. Do what's best for you. Well, they're right, but they're thinking without God often when you do what's best for you in the long run you want to tap into what God has in store for you and you make fewer painful decisions or do you? (laughs) but it's easier said than done it's a lifelong turning from that, um, from the flesh to God. So we wait for God.
0: Jay's request was This Little Light of Mine. Uh, We'll have Henry play through one time, and then we will sing This Little Light of Mine.